Hey, thanks for joining. You did it. Nice job. Introducing our project management trainer, speaker, author, and coach to thousands of professionals and organizations worldwide, including NASA, the U.S. Air Force, USACE, U.S. Army, the Department of Transportation, the FBI. Your friend, Phil. Over to you, Phil. Hello, my friends. When you walk into an interview, the first 10 seconds you already judged. You're judged by your body language, you're judged by your parents, you're judged by how you comport yourself. Now students have asked me, Phil, what do I do? I'm going for an interview again. I didn't get the last job. I hope I get this one. I decided to put this together to help those students of mine who have gone on to get PMP certified. You're now looking for that next level of employment. Let's be honest, lots of us take the PMP exam because we're looking to move further in our careers. When I got certified, I experienced a 300% jump in my salary at the time. So being PMP certified is not a bad thing. However, you need to convince people that you can truly do the job that they're seeking for you to do for them. If you cannot convince them that you're able, you're capable, then you won't get the job. And that's why in the book I wrote, going to about eight years ago, it's called Getting Rich in Project Management. I have a special section here where I talk about interview tips and tricks. So right now, I just want to give back to those friends of mine who have been on the journey for a long time, getting certified, but still trying to get to that next level. I'm going to go through a few interview questions with you, and I'm hoping that by the time we are done, you'll have a much better idea of how to prepare for that interview. Now, every interview is different. Some people expect you to come armed to the teeth with questions and answers. Not asking questions gets you dinged on points. They feel you're not very interested or enthusiastic about the job. At the same time, talking too much could land you in hot water. People may not like that. So you need to read the body language the pace, the tone, where the interview is going. It's not enough to have a bunch of questions rehearsed because interviews could very rapidly change. For example, I was in an interview and then I was asked, show us something that you've produced. What have you created? Convince us that you understand how deliverables are made and the product life cycle of any product. At the time, Quite fortunately, I had a copy of the Project Management Audio Digest, and I'm talking about going to a decade ago, but I had actually published that back then. I brought it to the interview. That was the deal clincher. I got the job, and it was a very, very interesting job. For you, it might be a totally different surprise. You got to be ready for surprises. You got to cover all your bases. So I'm going to give you a few ideas from this book. I'm going to read some of the interview questions that I have in this book. Again, the book is called Getting Rich in Project Management. And it says how to ace the project management interview and be an asset to yourself and your organization. But let's jump to page 130. I'm going to read a few of the questions. Question one, how would you describe yourself as a project manager? Think about that. How would you define yourself or describe yourself as a project manager? Now, that question is an open-ended question. You can do whatever you like with it. 
You can center on your soft skills. You could center on your technical skills. But don't forget the talent triangle from the PMI. There are three components to that. And you need to make sure that your answer includes those three components, the technical, the business, and the strategic. You've got to think about those three, the leadership as well. If you don't have the leadership, you don't have the technical, you don't have the strategic and business management, you might be missing out on something that that interviewer is actually looking for. So you've got to think talent triangle when you go into these interviews. Not that they have the talent triangle open, but project managers these days are expected to be capable from three dimensions. And if your answer doesn't satisfy those three dimensions, you could end up losing out. Second question, you have just been employed by us. What would you do first on your new project? Again, this is a blank canvas for you to paint a picture that is enticing and attractive to the interviewer. If you're not able to convince them that you know what you're doing, whatever way you decide to answer the question, that could be a ding against you. Question three, how many projects have you ever managed simultaneously? Now, this could be from a company that is envisioning you as a program manager or as a project manager managing several non-related projects. Question four, describe an instance in which you met a deadline. Question five, describe an instance in which you delivered a project solution on time and within budget. Question six, describe three obstacles you had to overcome on any previous project. Now with this, you gotta think about people, machines, equipment, supplies, resources, constraints, assumptions, exclusions that suddenly became inclusions, risks, problems, issues, and the like. Think about those and you'll be able to give a wholesome answer. Question seven, discuss the following. Milestones, interdependencies, and resource allocation. Now, questions like this of a slightly technical project nature are asked by interviewers who come from a project management background most of the times, or some functional managers who have a deep understanding of what project managers do. I once had a functional manager attend a seminar that was conducted for SHIP, and he told me, Phil, the reason why I'm here is to learn what my project managers do and what makes them tick. So even though it's a functional manager, he or she may be extremely project management technical. Don't be surprised if you get such technical questions. Question eight, elaborate on how relevant the PMBOK guide is to your project management approach. Now this would come from an organization that is very PMI centric. Just in case you were not aware, there are many organizations that take the PMBOK guide as the holy grail. Inability to show gravitation towards the PMBOK guide and the PMI philosophies 
can get you flushed out pretty quick. Question 9. Talk a little bit about the relevance of your experience to this position. Now, this is a free meal ticket. This is the time for you to join the dots between what you've done and what they want you to do. In other words, you really need to be all up in the business of knowing what you did in the past that is relevant to the present. Question 10. Why did you choose to pursue project management as a career? Oh, it's not my career. I'm just in a drive-through mode going through. Wrong answer. What you want to do if you really want the job is to focus on the now. Now, project management is your major focus. Yes, you want to become the CEO. Yes, you want to become the multi-billion dollar CEO, but now is not the right time to talk about that. You want to really hone in to that sentence, career, project management as a career. Why? And you know what answer you should think of? An answer that gravitates towards what projects are. Regardless your position in an organization, project management is what takes your firm forward. So as the CEO, as the VP, senior VP, director, whatever role, whatever level, whatever title, project management should be a career for everyone. And anyone who thinks project management is not a career for him or her, they're living in the dark ages. Because to some degree, leaders should understand project management. You should understand that projects are the fuel that moves your vehicle forward. They're the fuel that moves your organization from the current state to the future state. And people who know that take project management seriously across the board. Not only do they form project management alliances with other firms, such as ours, to train their people and equip them, but they also understand that their people need to be capable to manage portfolios. Portfolios are collections of not just projects and programs, but also other work that moves the company forward towards their strategic business objective. So I would have a field day with that question unraveling the importance of project management as a career, not just for me as a project manager, but also for anyone else who truly knows that portfolios are the lifeblood. Portfolio management is all about doing the right work. However, when we talk about organizational project management maturity, the topic of portfolio management comes in. So when we talk about project management as a career, it is important that you don't just see the PMP, the CAPM, and the like. You need to think far beyond into program management, portfolio management, benefits management, and so on. Project management is at the central hub of expansion. Project management is at the central hub of boundary spanning. And anyone who isn't thinking about this does not understand the relevance of project management. So that question is one in which you can have an absolute blast. Now, I'm going to share with you questions from my real world that I have encountered in firms or given by firms that I've interviewed with. I've interviewed with a lot of firms. 
firms in aerospace, in engineering, in healthcare, in environmental engineering, in gaming, firms that are involved with flying people around the world to make a profit. I've seen a lot of stuff. I've worked in IT, IT effectiveness, written tons of test scripts. So what I'm sharing with you is based on real experience. Not only have I been in the hot seat, I've also put others in the hot seat. So what I'm sharing with you is really important. So listen up. So one of the questions that I've found a lot of organizations to play with is to challenge your loyalty right from the get-go. And one of the questions they ask you is, tell us an instance in which you have had to go along with a decision that you did not agree with or tell us an instance in which your boss asked you to do something that you did not agree with. The question can also be framed in this way. Talk to me about an instance in which you had to comply with a policy that you did not agree with. Now, for that, I would advise project managers to hinge on the PMI Code of Ethics and Professional Conduct. You know, the PMI Code of Ethics and Professional Conduct is all about certain standards, certain levels of professionalism that you should demonstrate. This is different from your personal values. So that is an example of how having affiliation with the PMI means you do need to follow what they're asking you to in the PMI Code of Ethics. But that's just one example. Other examples that readily come to mind from my experience is when I was asked to support the coming of SAP. Now, to be perfectly honest, I had spent months perfecting my act on an antiquated system with a blue screen. And here you come telling me I need to support SAP? Yes. What did I do? I had to leave my own needs and wants and ideas about this antiquated system that I'd spent so many hours, weeks, months learning to perfect my act and earn value. I had to leave it alone and I had to support management. And SAP had to be my focus. So it was a policy to use SAP or go. While I didn't agree with it, I didn't want to go. I had to. Now, it's a bit of an extreme one, but you need to think from your life where you've had to comply with things that were not typically what you thought would work best. For example, I had many, many colleagues that were wrestling with coming aboard this. In fact, they didn't want to until management said, hey, get on the bandwagon or walk the plank. Now, while I'm not saying use an example that's as vivid and as flamboyant as that, you need to look from stuff from your past, from your work experience, from your work life, where you may not have agreed with whatever was meant to be implemented, but you went along with it. Why did I go along with it? Because I respected management. And while I felt I had a good idea of what to do, stick with the system. I also knew that management was looking at expansion and the way forward. The way forward is not always comfortable. 
And sometimes we need to challenge ourselves. So challenging yourself and admitting that you thought a different way was the best way is not bad. You just need to anchor it back to respect and being honest and being loyal. Loyalty is what a lot of these questions are based on. And if you're not loyal, you will not be called back. I often look at employees who argue and fight and quarrel with their management, with their direct managers. That is not a trait you want to carry to any job. Definitely not a trait you want to present in an interview. Definitely not. So taking a look at the last few ones we've got here, how would you deal with a contractor that was not performing up to par? What would you do? Would you know how to get the contractor back in alignment or not? Would you? Would you give up on the contractor or would you try to work the relationship? Another thing people are looking for in these questions is not just giving a smart Alec answer. They're looking to see, do you truly value relationships? Do you truly value those interpersonal connections? Do you truly value the power of the team? Can you work with the team? Can you work with this team? Can you be co-located? Can you bring value to the firm? When you're being interviewed, people are not just looking for the answer. They're looking at body language. They're looking at facial expressions. And they're looking at a lot more than the words you say. Remember, Professor Emeritus Albert Morabian, what did he discover from his experiment? He discovered that when you communicate face-to-face, the communications that goes down and is digested is far more than the words. Hence, the 55387, 55% of communication was found to be by body language, 38 was found to be by tone of voice, and 7% was just the words. And that's exactly what I want you to remember. When you go into the next interview, remember your friend Phil told you to watch your language, body language, go in with confidence. Go in with the right amount of eye contact. Don't be overbearing. But you've got to be calculated and you've got to practice conveying what is inside you. A lot of people have great experience. They've got great ideas. But they cannot convincingly state what they know. They cannot convincingly convey empathy or respect or loyalty and for that reason they do not get the job and if i dare say confidence is lacking in a lot of people going for interviews so when you go for your interview don't just go relying on the past go with research research the company research the firm go with your a game because trust me if you do not go with your a game they know that you did not bring your a game and they know that you probably won't to the job. It's your friend Phil here, keeping it real. Thank you very much for joining me. And remember, if you're looking for project management training, coaching, you want to take the exam called the PMP exam or some other exam, or maybe people in your firm would like to take the Agile Certified Practitioner or maybe even the Certified Scrum Master, drop me a line, get your people in ship shape, we'll help you get to your goals. I wish you all the best. Remember, this book is available on Amazon. It's called Getting Rich in Project Management. 
how to ace the interview and be an asset to yourself and your organization. I wish you all the very best. Those of you who I've spoken with, you know who you are. I'm rooting for you. I want you to go in and demolish that interview. I want you to go in and bring back some great news. But you've got to prepare. Take care and bye for now.